Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. Today, we're speaking to Phil Hayes-Sinclair, I haven't got that right, Phil, um, who's co-founder and CEO of Drop Health. And I've got to say, this is a, a conversation I've been really looking forward to because it's an area that I'm fascinated with and um, I mentioned Phil earlier that um, I have been um, accessing services from American competitors. I'm really looking forward to hearing um, hearing um, what you do. So can we start? Let's talk about what does business, business do and what do you do? Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Really great to be joining you. So um, look, Drop by Health is a digital health company. We focus on uh, creating early warning knowledge in healthcare for consumers and for clinicians. And we do that by using finger prick blood that's collected at home over time to mesh that with other lifestyle data to give people a very personalized view about what their underlying health looks like. Um, and our job really is to try and help give knowledge so that people can stave off disaster um, and also to allow people to really understand and age well. Um, and so COVID is one of those periods which has helped people understand a lot more about themselves. Um, and it's also increased their vernacular, their health vernacular generally. And so it's a great time for a business like ours to put, you know, really evidence-based knowledge in their hands so that they can make decisions about their health and well-being for themselves and their families. So they can just live an age better than they might have otherwise. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I mentioned that I already used service in, in the States. So for me, that means I go in um, t- they take 16 tubes, literally 16 tube, tubes of, of blood. I um, do feces um, tests and uh, once every six months and off it goes and it comes back um, with lots of recommendations. How yep. do you do that and, and, and how do you yeah, – tell me tell me a bit more about you. Yeah, so, I, you know, when we started Drop by Health, you know, we come from this from an immunology background. So we, we'd seen the literature for the last 30 years that, you know, inflammation is the body's natural early warning system. And, and trying to measure inflammation is, can be a little bit tricky. But there are, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of blood biomarkers or, you know, markers you can have in your body that, that so when you piece that together, tells you that story. And one of the things we realized as we were doing a lot of the R&D before we launched the business was that, yes, we could send you off to go and get all those tubes of blood and we could do all these tests. And that's really expensive and it's inconvenient for you because you've got to go to a place to get this done. And then it can take some time to piece all that data together to actually give you an insight so you know if you've improved or if you need help. And for us, we looked at, well, what could we do with really small samples? And what would happen if we collected those at home um, and had them sent back via express post to our lab and then analyze those samples? So this combination of you know real convenience, um, really optimizing for a really small sample size and interrogating that on both a genetic level and also on a, a protein level and combining that with that really important context data. So the stuff about your life that you only know that you can help us understand to make sense of what we're seeing in blood or genetics 
is something that we could do with a combination of, you know, surveys that you do digitally. But it means you can also, you know, once a quarter, once every half year, once a year, receive a small kit in the post. Um, it shows you how to prick your finger, take eight or nine drops of blood, put that in the tube, put it back in the post, and you can just get on with your day. And that that whole process takes 15, 20 minutes. And it just creates a level of convenience that relies less on conventional pathology collection. Um, and it also means that from a commercial point of view, you know, we had to build a model that would receive samples that small, protect them while they're in transit, and then do that interrogation and give that back to you in a good amount of time. So you can actually start acting on the data because there's no point in you receiving reports, you know, that are six months old, hoping that you're going to do something about it. You need to have it back with relative ease and relative um urgency and then we can help sort of be your health wingman over time so that's what the thinking was and when we realized that that was what we needed to do we went to go and find partners that could help us do those kind of things like pathology companies alike and maybe not altogether surprising but at the time it was surprising that no one actually could deal in samples that small that went through the post that had the the bioinformatics horsepower so the analytical capability to not only look at the sample but combine it with other data and so we had to build that from scratch and that was before COVID and through COVID we've seen that combination of capabilities has become really valuable um, and as I mentioned before we started you know we've received we have a consumer service that we put into market but that precipitated a very unexpected amount of demand from our B2B customers which are you know, companies like um, telehealth businesses, GP clinics, health insurers, um, and corporate well-being. So, we've had to play a lot of catch-up, but I'm really glad we invested in that capability early because it uh, it really is a distinguishing piece of our business model. So, tell me, you know, I'm a hereditary. I've got a heart issue. I've got I've type two diabetes. You know, classic sixty-two-year-old overweight. You know, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I give you the. Um, I'm going deeper, digging a bit deeper, Phil. Because I'm, 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 you know, um, sure, go ahead. What are you going to give me back? Are you going to re recommend that I take um, a type of vitamin? Are you going to recommend that I take um, probiotics? Probiotics. So, but what what, what is it that you, that you give me in recommendations? Yeah, look, it's a great question. So there are there are two major value points that we give to every one of our members, and the first one is that we help them understand that there are seven core pillars of health. Um, and in each of those pillars, we help understand the difference between what you think is going on, which we do through the surveys that we do. So this is your sort of perception about what your particular health state is versus what your blood is telling you. And that, that I guess, way of understanding and seeing the difference is the first psycho first point of psychology we really exercise because there's no point in me giving you a blood test result and you going, yeah, I don't think so. What's really important is to help me, is, is, sorry, is for me to help you understand that if there is a distance between what you perceive and what's actually going on, I need to help you close that perception so that you can start really being in tune with your own health. So that's the first point. Um, now, we do that over time, so you can see how those two lines converge or how they diverge, and <clears throat> that's important because you can make changes, and we make those suggested changes to you that include things like dietary changes, sleep changes, stress changes, and they often then get shown back up in your follow-up blood test, so you can see the causality. Now, we're not in the habit of pushing a particular vitamin, a particular treatment regime, because that's not our job to do that. Our job is to say, these are the things that you can be doing on a lifestyle basis 
keeping in mind there's also a regulatory interface that we've got to be careful about here. So we're not here to diagnose disease. If you were to say to us, I'm a type 2 diabetic, I'm on this particular medication, I do these kind of things, and we know that, then the real value that we can provide to you is this is how you're actually tracking as you manage that condition over time. And if things change because we understand that baseline, then we can tell you that that's the case. And we can even provide that clinical data to your doctor to say, look, we think something else is happening here. And that idea of early warning has saved a number of people so far. And I'll honestly say it saved me as well unexpectedly about three months ago. So one of those things where we can kick you back into touch is um, is really, you know, we think adding a lot of value because a lot of people don't see the symptoms for things that are going wrong. Um, and we're, we're proud to play that role. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I've um, got a new client, guaranteed. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so tell me, um, you know, we've been through the, the, uh, the, we've all been through the pandemic. Um, how did that affect you? Um, what are some of the steps or actions, um, strategies you took during the pandemic that's kept, that you've kept going? Um, uh, so. Look, there's sort of two contexts. And so for anyone who is a, a parent um, listening in, um, I have two young girls um, between the ages of, well, they're now seven and nine. Um, but you during... Two eight-year-olds, so I know what you Yeah. Right. So for me, we were, we were my wife and I both work. Uh, we were navigating our business through the pandemic. Um, we were trying to juggle, you know, clinical work that we do in a lab, which was, you know, highly restricted for a whole range of reasons biologically. Um, we were trying to homeschool our kids. Um, we were trying to you know, maintain our relationships. So like most people, it was on the home front difficult. Um, but the thing that we we really over-rotated on was um, really solid communication. And we tried to make sure that we were um, finding ways to enjoy the time together because we were so much time together, um, which is a bit atypical <laughs> sometimes when, when both work or one of the, one of the people is working in the, in the parent realm. So just on a mental health basis, we we put a bunch of different things into place to make sure that we could function well as a family and look after each other. Um, on the work front, what we ended up doing um, was was three things, which frankly have been a masterstroke and where I'm really proud that my chief operating officer um, put them forward. So one of those was that um, we implemented a meeting and deep work phase inside the day. So the, the, the deep work time is from 12 until 4 p.m. every day. Um, there are no meetings that are held during that time. That is literally deep work time. And th this is all rules and exceptions. So the rule is no meetings, just get work done. There's no expectation that you should be contactable during that time. Um, and we you know, went to the very basics of teaching people how to schedule messages in Gmail, scheduling messages in Slack, all the things to sort of reduce that sort of demand to be on, be on uh, call the whole time. All of our meetings take place between 8 and 12. So if our meetings need to be had, that's when they happen. And the mornings can be pretty furious as a consequence, but it, it's a good partition. Um, and the third one was that we created um, what we call a me day. And the me day happens every second Friday where you have the choice, every team member has a choice to work half a day, the full day, or not work at all. But there is a very clear expectation that no one um, should be contacted during that day. So if you want to take a you know, a, a, a long weekend every second weekend, you can do that. And people would say, well, don't people take that take that advantage? And the irony is that not many people do. Um, they take the advantage to be not disturbed and get a whole bunch of really important work done. But there are some days where people sort of go, you know, I actually need a break. I need to sort of disconnect my brain and mm -hmm. I'm going to do two hours of work in the morning and then I'm going to depart from 10 o'clock and the rest of the day is mine. 
and it has been a spectacular success. Um, and that's because we work, you know, three days now, you know, coming back out of the pandemic a little bit. Um, we're three days in the office, we're two days at home. Um, and that combination of, of things throughout has been a real smash for us. Um, the, the issue that we discovered recently is that we don't advertise that on our job ads, which we should do more of. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that's been fantastic for us. Yeah, that's interesting. One of the things I, yeah, I, I'm a CEO coach. So one of the issues that I've had and my clients always have is you know, getting that separation from the business and actually getting time to think and time yep. to, yeah, you, you've got to let your brain relax um, every, every once in a while. So I, I coach the concept. Uh, it comes from a from my coach, as it turns out, who's a guy called Dan Sullivan out of the States. Um, the concept of um, focus days, um, buffer days and free days. So the <laughs> focus day is you know, when I'm focused in the business either on um, generating an income or um, or you know, developing clients and this interview series is a part of that. My focus day is uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But, um, uh, Monday is um, uh, my team, you know, that's when we do our meetings, it's blocked out It's and it's essentially pre preparing for the, the next three days and, um, fr uh, and Fridays is a bit the same but once again, within the business, every every second Friday, um, it's it's a long weekend, free day to actually allow us to actually our brains to relax, and it's amazing how much we um, we think. And I personally think um, when I'm not working and come up, that's when I come up with the innovative solutions. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I usually use creativity as my sort of benchmark of you know yeah. rest and and being refreshed. If I feel as though I can't be creative or it doesn't come to me very seamlessly, I know that something's wrong. So, yeah, I, I totally get it. Right. So, you've been a CEO now, I think, a couple of times. What do you yeah. reckon has been the business, uh, the biggest learning you've had as a CEO in business now? I think that the ability to be a, a continuous learning machine is really, really important. Um, you know, if... <clears throat> for me, I, I I take great strength in um, in knowing that I enjoy learning, and I also hire people that that do the same. Um, and so, I, I think that's probably the the key piece. But for me, I've I've often looked at how um, leaders are able to present and show up, and we know that there's a reality and a vulnerability that's been sort of allowed, I guess, more so over the last sort of five years than ever before. I think when it comes down to it. Um, I've learned, um, particularly at this company, that because health is such an important part of the overall mission of what we're doing, that there is a need to be very honest, um, both with yourself and your teams around the motive for bringing somebody into the business. For us, you know, we have some people who've had chronic health conditions before. Others have just got a really strong desire to change the way that mental health care is provided and afforded. Um, other people come to us because they're really strong about improving fertility treatments and, and access to fertility treatments. I think, long story short, um, I think it's really important that that, that level of vulnerability and why you're here should never be underestimated and, and it, sh it isn't talked about enough. So I think the, the thing is that um, you have to reiterate the why and you have to remember that that can change from time to time. As long as your team's aware of it and they can have that conversation, then I think it builds for a really strong organisation. Um, I don't think I've had that as strong um, in my previous companies. And so that's that's without a doubt a, a key learning. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, core purpose, I call I call I call that the why, and yeah, probably the greatest component of that is Simon Sinek. Um, if, if anybody wants to 
probably the best, um, the, one of the best TED Talks you'll ever hear is yeah. Simon Sinek talking about the why. Oh, yeah, man. I agree. Um, but it's fascinating. You know, within my business, um, our why is grow remarkable. Grow remarkable leaders, grow remarkable mm-hmm. companies. My personal purpose is play actively with my grandchildren. Now, which is an interesting um, segue straight back to you you and your business. Um, I'm 62. I've got two eight-year-old adopted children. So to play actively with my grandchildren, I've got to be mentally and physically active at 95. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, your business and what you do um, is going to be a fundamental, a fundamental um, benefit to me to achieve my personal life of playing actively with my grandchildren at 95. And I'm, I'm looking forward to helping you with that. I mean, I have a similar sort of situation where, when I think about the way that my parents parented, they did a great job, but it's a very different mm. phase of life, right? We've got, um, we've had children later in life than what they did, um, and being um, being active and being on literally, you know, for a father daughter cricket match or a father daughter football game or whatever else, I have no intention of sitting on the sidelines. Yet my body is badly broken from years in the military and also years doing triathlon at a at a, at a high grade. So. Everything I can do to feel the joy of participation, um, both with them and other things in life, is really the game. So, if, yep. you know, uh, for anyone listening, I, I think if if you, if you haven't really made that a priority, you know, I think it's it's high time that you do, because we're living we're living longer, and we don't want to be on the sideline, right? We want to be there, really experiencing the joy that comes with um, being able to participate and having more knowledge that guides health decisions. I think is actually the key to that. Well, and it's really it's really interesting some of those comments. You know, I'm the um, the coach of the Barrel Blacks Mighty Under Eights Rugby Team. Fantastic, uh, because, yeah. Because my two kids are actually <laughs> playing rugby. Yeah, boy and girl, they're both playing rugby. So guess guess where I am? Um, I was asked to think about netball the other day, which I know nothing about. But you know, it's it's being active, and it's it's um and it's fascinating. Some of the uh, because I'm reading about it. Some of the 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 the, the, the activities you can do, um, and you know, like you, I was in I was in the army, um, but I was there for eighteen years. And uh, one of the things I was reading the other day is um, how hearing, uh, having good hearing, um, enhances um, uh, your life expectancy. Um, and I spent you know too many years in turrets of um, of armored vehicles and. You know, yeah, I, one of the benefits I've had is that I, I can I, I can pretend to avoid people because I'm you know, being nagged, etc. Because I've got bad hearing, but you know, it's, I'm off to see a hearing person next week. Anyway, um, when you think of the word successful, who springs to mind first, and why? My mother is the first one that springs to mind, um, and um, you know, I look at I look at others like Jeff Weiner, um, chairman of LinkedIn. Um, I look at just about every member of my team, um, and I look at you know colleagues of mine who have who have done really extraordinary things in life, but it really hasn't been about their success. Um, they're very quick to um, maybe deflect, but for the most part, sort of attribute their success to the teams that they've built and, and sort of brought to bear on the problem they're trying to solve. Um, so I, in that in that sort of lens, I, I sort of look at people who have just been deeply inspiring. Um, but success personally is, you know, on your last breath, looking back and knowing that the impact that you've had, the encouragement you've pushed forward to people, um, the way that you've engaged and, you know, actively disagreed um, and found a way to move the needle, um, that is sort of life success. 
And the the trick in a very turbulent sort of company building environment or in a busy family or a busy week or busy day is just being able to stop and just go, you am, am I on track to have that last, that thought of my last breath? And if I'm not, then why is that the case? Um, so I, I sort of think about it in those terms. Um, I, I unfortunately see um, way too much um, finality in life um, when we're dealing in healthcare and certainly in mental health. Um, I've lost many friends to, to poor mental health, both in the military and outside. And you just see how lives are brought short. And so that, that un- is an unfortunate reminder to me way too regularly that the decisions we make and the way that we sort of look at success need to be framed in a in, in a sort of a as long as the as long as life can be high impact and you can provide that while you're still enjoying what you're doing um that's how that's how i sort of frame up success that's right can i just dial back to two points one was your colleague your colleagues who you know push forward their uh, their team rather than themselves yep really interesting um point because it, um, i don't Jim Collins, who wrote Mr. Great and six other phenomenal um, business books on on leadership and and the like, talks about a level five leader. And a level five leader is someone who actually doesn't take the um, the credit themselves but actually pushes credit back. So it's a really interesting point. And the the other one was um, uh, your mother. Um, and it was interesting, I was listening to Jim Collins this morning, as it turns out, and um, he was talking about, I think it's Elizabeth Graham, who was the uh, the lady who ran Street Journal and as a five, um, level five leader and, you know, talking about how um, she was totally unprepared, but <laughs> exhibited all those traits she talked about. Tell me why your mother. Oh, uh, look, um I've met a lot of people in my wo- in the world. I've had a chance to engage with, um, yeah, you know, with so many different cultures and so many different backgrounds and contexts. Um, and obviously, I'm biased. But you know, when it comes to one human that you sort of go, I, I'm, I'm trying to aspire to the level of love and um, perspective and humour and just overall zest for life in the face of extreme adversity time and time again and still showing up and still just being there through heartbreak, through loss, through all the, through all of life, right? Um, you sit there and just go, I don't know. I, I'm actually just really pleased that in some genetic form I have been a benefactor of that makeup because I feel it in myself. But when I look at her and the way that she's, um, managed her life and the things that she's seen, the experiences she's had, um, it is, it's just a sight to behold. And so I, I can, you know, I, I look at that and just think I, um, it's not about living up to an expectation. It's certainly about living up to the potential that she yeah. has sort of helped us understand as kids and still as a, as a, as a, um, a parent figure. Um, but, you know, just, just a super yeah. awesome human. You know, you're going to have to show this video. <laughs> I think she's heard me say this on multiple interviews before, so yeah. it won't Still. be anything. It won't Still. be news. Um, thank you. Um, uh, any business books, podcasts, um, biographies of leaders you'd re- recommend? 
Oh, look, so many. So, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Jim Collins. Um, I've, I've just I've read just about everything um, that he's put out. Um, and, you know, Entrepreneurship 2.0, I thought was a fantastic yeah, I agree. sort of summary and closing sort of chapter to that line of things that he'd done. Um, I, I'm a real audiophile. Um, and I just, it's one of those things where I'm doing late night walks, um, early morning walks or whatever else, just to sort of listen to something different and learn something different. I'm a massive fan of Audible. Um, and just the the stories that can be told through that medium, I think, are really fantastic. Um, from a um, from a book's point of view, I, I do love every year buying Bill Gates's book list, and I, I do it religiously, um, just because there's such diversity. <laughs> you know, like every year it's different, and there's some things there that obviously some obvious thematics he's, he's passionate about, but it really opens my eyes to to different ways of learning and thinking. Um, and I think if there was a newsletter that um, I've always really, really enjoyed, which has become less regular. Um, but um, avc.com, um, which um, which is written by Fred Smith, um, who, um, who who is a VC out of the states, um, is just is just next level. Right. I'm in heard of that one. I'll look it up. Thank you. Um, I hope I've got I hope I've gotten that right. I, uh, I, I said that sooner. I thought, hang on, have you got that right? I'll come back and bother you if, if not. Um, any last piece of advice or parting words for a CEO or an aspiring CEO? Um, well, yeah, first of all, don't get the name wrong. So it's Fred Wilson, not Fred Smith. I don't know why I said Fred Smith, but it's Fred Wilson. Um, um, yes, look after yourself. Hmm. Bottom line, this whole thing falls apart spectacularly if you're not looking after yourself. And this is not because I want you to buy my product or anything else like that. I just want you to look after yourself. Um, so that you can look after people that you love because whether you like it or not, there are a huge amount of people directly and indirectly who are looking to you for help. And a really good friend of mine, um, Bram Conley, once said to me, um, you can't ever stop doing your thing because you don't know who you're inspiring. Yep. And, of course, that's what um, this story is just coming up is all about. That's it. Yeah. Phil, thank you so much. You bet, Jonathan. Right. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.